Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Uh, We're back. Uh, My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. And uh, this is Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, Welcome to the new listeners, folks that haven't heard what we do. And a whole bunch of folks that do hear what we do, and they've been with us for many, many years. 17 years we've been asking and you to call the show and tell us about your problems when you're buying, leasing, or maintaining a car. And uh, we're, we're giving you our advice on how not to be ripped off by a car dealer. It's a uh, strange message to have to put out. We're in the 21st century. Most retailers have figured it out. Car dealers have not figured it out. Uh, you buy a car, new or used, uh, there's no price that you can depend on. They don't put a price on a car. The price is what you can haggle and hassle for. Uh, if they put a price on the car, it's not the real price. And as you've heard on this show many, many times, there's not a car dealer advertisement out there that is trustworthy. Uh, every ad you see is designed specifically to get you into the dealership and then to change the price probably change the car at the same time. This is uh, something that is built into our culture almost because car dealers have been around for about 100 years. I won't get into the long story of why they are allowed to continue this way. It's an interesting story, but uh, it isn't pertinent really to the fact that it exists. You have to be careful. And during this pandemic that we have, and it's uh, uh, going on a lot longer than we thought. We thought this thing would be over. In a few months now they're talking about maybe a year or two uh, everything's changed and uh, cars have suddenly become extremely popular uh, the car dealers are doing well uh, people are flocking into showrooms and buying cars reason being people feel safer in their cars and there's almost a desperation in a lot of folks minds I've got to get a car. You don't want to take a taxi. You don't want to take a bus, train, Uber, Lyft. Forget about it. Forget about an airplane. A lot of people say, if I'm going from point A to point B, I need my own car. They're buying used car. Used car prices are going way up. New car prices are up too. And uh, there's uh, inventory problems causing the prices to go even higher. But the dealers are making a lot of money because they're selling a lot of cars. I'm a car dealer, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, we're having record month after record month. Uh, it's, uh, it's more treacherous out there buying a newer used car than it has been before. So this show is important. We feel good about the fact that we have so many listeners and we need a lot more listeners. And we ask you uh, to call the show, 877-960-9960. We also have a lot of other ways to get in uh, to the show, and that's Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, we're also uh, texting. Text number is 
407-497-6530. So most of our listeners uh, that are regular have been with us for a long time. They've got those numbers memorized. I don't even have them memorized. I don't know why that is, but I should. <laughs> but I don't. And uh, our new folks, write it down. If you have a pencil handy, I'm going to give you the telephone number again. That number is 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. We like uh, the calls, the old-fashioned telephone call, because it's more personal. And uh, uh, texts are fine. And we do the text. They stack up, but we usually get to all of them by the end of the show. And then we have something that has become our most popular way to get hold of us, and that's our anonymous feedback. Uh, it's interesting how people who really don't need anonymity, oh, tongue twister, let me say it again, anonymity. Did I get that right, Stu? Anonymity. Mm. Anonymity, I like that, but yeah, anonymity. www.anonymousfeedback.com, anonymousfeedback.com. It's a great way to go. It's like a text. It comes through to us, but we don't know who you are. So feel free to say anything. And sometimes we get, uh, I guess you could say attacks, insults. That's okay. Uh, when I get insults and attacks, I know that the anonymous feedback is being believed. So even if you don't need it and you feel more comfortable using it, use it. Anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, in the studio with me, we have Rick Kearney, certified diagnostic master technician. Call him a mechanic, call him a grease monkey, call him a, a, a cyberspace uh, a computer scientist. Uh, that's really what he is on today's cars. He knows Automotive love God. <laughs> he knows everything that's about me. cars. If you have a problem in your car, you feel uncomfortable about bringing it into your service department for whatever reason, COVID, or maybe you're just afraid to bring it in, call Rick. Describe the symptoms. It squeaks, rattles, rolls, whatever you got going. Uh, Rick can give you a pretty good answer, and uh, if he can't find any answer, we got Google, so we can help you on Google, too. Uh, I look over at my next uh, uh, partner here is uh, Stu Stewart, my son. Stu has, uh, has been with me for a number of years. He's about a general 50, manager. About, about 52 years. Yes, of our dealership, and uh, he's hands-on every day. Uh, it's nice to have an old guy like me that's been around since 68. I knew the way things used to be done. I've seen how they've evolved not far enough. And Stu has been around about 20 years, so he has modern history pretty well under control. And he's also our spy master. He's the one that sends our secret shopper out, including our new uh, highly prized female shopper, Agent Lightning. So we have a full-time male shopper, Agent Thunder, and of course, female shopper, Agent Lightning. Uh, uh, they're anonymous. and. Uh, Anonymity is important. See, I wanted to see if I could say that. And uh, they're do doing very successful. We have Agent Lightning uh, do last week's shop and this week's shop also. And last but certainly not least, Nancy Stewart, who is my co-host. And she's been in with this, uh, this thing with me from the very beginning, uh, 17 years ago, when we were only a half an hour on the show, 30 minutes. And she's a strong female advocate. And she single-handedly almost has built the female listeners to this audience that we have here uh, to uh, about 50-50. We're at parity. And uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, new callers. We have a lot of regular callers. Uh, I'm going to turn the show over to Nancy right now so she can tell you about a special offer uh, that is almost too good to believe that we do to keep the new female callers coming. So Nancy, it's all yours. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. 
Remember that number, 877-960-9960. The ladies, first two new lady callers can use that number to win themselves $50 this morning. Yes, by being the first new lady caller, you can win yourself $50. And, uh, and then I'll wait for a second caller uh, and a third caller and a fourth caller. But the first two new lady callers will win yourself $50. Uh, I was just uh, being a little silly, but uh, you know, wouldn't it be something if we had a show where there was just all lady callers? That'd be crazy. Uh, so anyway, take advantage of that. And uh, remember youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, that's an interesting site where you can bear your soul and uh, we would love to hear from you. We are going to go to our first new lady caller from Reading, Massachusetts, and her name is Allie. Good morning, Allie, and welcome. Hi, good morning. Thank you for calling. What can we do for you? I have a question. My car technician says that I have an oil consumption issue, and I don't know what that means. Can you help? Oh, yeah. Basically, it means that uh, your engine is burning oil. <clears throat> uh, cars, when they're made, they, they do tend to use a little tiny bit of oil. It naturally gets past the different seals and the rings and gets burned by the engine. But as cars get older and parts tend to wear and the gaps get a little bigger, things start to loosen up a little and the cars burn a little more oil. So what that means is on older cars, you may have to add oil in between your oil changes. When it gets really bad, then it's time for either an engine overhaul or a replacement engine. That's so helpful, thanks so much. How many miles do you have on your car? I have about 125,000 miles on my 2013 Subaru Forester. Uh, it's a 13 what? Forester. Subaru Forester. Oh, okay. Uh, how much oil is it using right now? A lot. Hmm. Um, it uses a quart about um, every 3,000 miles. A uh, quart every 3,000 is, yeah, that's starting to get up there a little bit. Um, so if it's not leaking externally, yeah, you might want to consider having a mechanic look at it. It could be something that they might be able to go in and do some repairs to reduce that consumption quite a bit without having to do a full overhaul. And on a Subaru the 13, that might be a worthwhile car to look into having it repaired you know, if, you, if you really like the car. Otherwise, you might consider, before it gets too much worse, start looking at the idea of trading it in while it's still got a pretty good amount of value to it. Allie, when you first bought the car, what, how much oil was it burning then compared to a quart every 3,000 mile now? When you first bought that Subaru Forester, how much oil did it burn? Um, I would say about 4,000 miles per yeah. quart. Isn't it, uh, the problem is when, relative to the beginning of the, the, the my point being that some cars, uh, come off the assembly line the same year make and model and two different cars can burn different amounts of oil based oh, on absolutely. the tolerances but when you have the same car that starts burning much more oil than it did at the beginning uh, all cars probably burn a little more oil as they get older but if you had one that was uh, burning twice as much oil 
after uh, just a few years, that would be a sign that you might have a problem that can be fixed, maybe. Yeah. So I'd have it checked out. I'd get uh, at least uh, two opinions on that because something like this can be expensive. And uh, I'd go to uh, uh, at least two Subaru dealers, maybe a third independent mechanic, get, th get some opinions because I think your uh, recommendation could be uh, cost you a few bucks. Yeah, one, one of my favorite tricks is uh, I, would, I would go online and look for the Subaru forums for owners that are in your area and ask their opinion for an outside mechanic because quite often a lot of these forum groups they know people that know these cars inside and out that are outside mechanics and the cost can be substantially lower than a dealership mechanic. Great idea. Does that answer your question, Ellie? Thanks so much. Oh, you're, you're welcome, welcome, Ellie. Isn't it great um, hear you call Earl Stewart on cars? You not only get free advice, good advice, can't go wrong with Rick. He knows it all. And you can win yourself $50. So I want to thank you uh, for giving us a call, and I hope that you spread the word with your friends. And I hope to hear from you again. Of course. Thank you so much. I'll wait to me. hear from you by email. Have a great day. Okay, we've had our first new caller, so that's 50 bucks, ka-ching. And we need another one, another yeah. female caller. One more. 877-960-9960. Okay. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Here's another little highlight for the show. A lot of you who listen regularly will remember Mark Fisher. Mark Fisher is an owner of one of the largest independent used car dealerships uh, in, in Florida and uh, aiming to be one of the largest anywhere. Uh, they, uh, in South Florida, they dominate and uh, they uh, have been chopped, mystery shopped by us several times. Uh, they are recommended on a recommended list where to buy a used car. Uh, there's a lot of controversy because anytime you have a used car dealership or a new car dealership, for that matter, that's uh, selling more cars than anybody else, there's a lot of jealousy out there. Uh, and uh, Stu will read an anonymous feedback from someone that feels that uh, Mark Fisher's awfullyzonly.com is uh, doing business the wrong way, and we want to have him have the right to defend himself. So. He'll be calling in at 9 o'clock, hopefully, this morning. I uh, texted him, and he texted me, and uh, he would like to call in about the issue that was uh, alleged in the anonymous feedback. So uh, why don't we get right to, right to the anonymous feedbacks or the text or whatever. Steve, yeah. you got any text over there? Yeah, I was really excited. We have our one of the, the best questioner uh, is Anne-Marie. She texts yeah, in far. every single week, and she has the best questions. Uh, she sent in one this morning, and... Um, I thought I was going to be able to make a, a joke out, joke about it, and then I, I, I Googled the answer because I didn't know, and uh, and I was surprised by the answer. So this is really cool. Uh, Amory says, good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. Here in South Florida, it's not unusual to see an elderly driver whose head is barely higher than the steering wheel. I suspect they bought their vehicle because it was comfortable and or easy to get into, not whether they had good visibility or not. So her questions are, one, what are the, be quote, air quotes, best-fitting cars for shorter people? Two, which models have accessories such as adjustable seats or other safety features that could aid short drivers? Uh, you, you can mention, just mention Toyota's since that's your area of great expertise. 
and what's the way for a short or really tall driver to get good fitting vehicles? So the joke I was going to make was, was uh, what's the best car for short? I go, small cars. But that's not true because I, I looked it up, and here in Consumer Reports actually put out a list of best car, cars for short drivers. Wow. I and, didn't know um, that. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they got a list for everything. So um, I'm not going to read all of them because they have, uh, there's like 20 of them. But um, just for the, the best cars for shorter drivers, Subaru Outback, Volvo XC90. Now, the Subaru Outback is like a wagon crossover um, um, uh, SUV. The Volvo XC90 is a, is a crossover SUV. The Toyota Highlander, which is a pretty big SUV. And the Hyundai Sonata, um, which is a midsize uh, sedan. Wow. The worst, Toyota Tacoma, that's the number one worst one. <laughs> Ford F250, so we got two pickup trucks. Then a Mitsubishi Mirage, which is a tiny subcompact car. And then you get the Chevrolet Colorado um, GMC Canyon, which is another pickup truck. So. I didn't even think that that was going to be the answer. No. Um, her second part of the question is what kind of equipment or accessories. I think that's what's doing it because I can speak for the, the Highlander. Um, my wife is um, she, she's five foot two. I challenge. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's five foot two, and her most comfortable car is the Highlander. And the, the reason for that is because the seat adjusts so well, and she can get really uh, the the height adjustment's really high. And then something else which was really unusual, um, the. Uh, the seat can shorten the actual place where your legs sit so it can be extended out if you're tall and because um, her knee um, the joint and a lot of cars will actually starts before the seat ends and that makes it very uncomfortable for her. so counterintuitively some pretty big SUVs made that yeah, list. Read that, read that list again the best cars and the worst cars because this is something that has been bothering me my entire career uh, that the manufacturers could very easily take this into consideration and let's face it, you shrink. I used to be six feet five. Now I'm six foot three, and I might only be six two and a half. But uh, you know, if I had started out at five foot three, I would have a problem seeing over the steering wheel. I was with my brothers last night, and, and we were joking. And I said, "Well, Dad's five ten now." Let's get it. You're not. But uh, you know, but the fact of the matter is, uh, in South Florida, we have a lot of older folks, and uh, they come in and they want to buy a car from us, and and they. Or maybe they buy the car and then a couple of years later they come in, they say, can you do something with the seat? Can you do something with, mm -hmm. you can't change things. That's uh, a safety issue. Yeah. When you have a power seat and uh, your dashboard and your steering wheel, uh, the federal regulations limit what a car dealer can do to accommodate. Now you can put a telephone book in the front seat and sit on it. That's, right. how, that's how old I am, there are no yeah. more telephone books. but. Uh, you can put a cushion, well, things there, like that. There's a gap between where you have accessibility um, features at, like, say, something like uh, uh, the, the, the mobility services. If you're, you know, let's say you're, like, sub four and a half feet tall. Oh, sure. Um, and then you have the, then the regular range of human height. And, uh, and then in between there, there's a lot of people that are, you know, four foot ten, five feet tall yeah. that have a hard time finding a car they can see clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definite, definitely. But the list is um, it, it was the best Subaru Outback. Volvo XC90, Toyota Highlander, Hyundai Sonata. The worst, and I don't see too many you know, you know, older people driving around in Tacomas, but Toyota Tacoma, yeah. Ford F250, which is the, the big, uh, the larger yeah. um, um, Ford pickup truck. The tiny Mitsubishi Mirage, which I could see somebody thinking, hey, I'm kind of short, I better get me a Mirage. 
first of all, I, I don't advise buying a Mitsubishi at all. <laughs> but the Mirage, if you're short, don't get that. And that Chevy Colorado. Yeah. Anne Marie, you are amazing. Yeah. I hope I hope you're listening. You are week after week. You ask the most intelligent questions. Yeah. And you stump us sometimes, but you ask questions that is on that are on everyone's mind, and that's the reason we love you. So please keep on texting, and uh, you know you're an important part of our show. You're one of the very, very best, yeah. truly. Yeah, best definitely, Anne Marie. Yeah. And and you know, Anne Marie, I think that you and Consumer Report have the same questions on your mind. Uh, because things are changing so much as far as uh, the, say, I'm going to use an example, the crash test. You know, uh, it, it's only recently that uh, the crash test has included children and women. It's always been uh, a crash test with a man behind the wheel. And there's so many considerations for comfort. Once you purchase that vehicle, you're done. And uh, Stu pointed, pointed out how the uh, Highlander, I believe, that he said his wife drives and uh, the, the adjustments on that. Um, I want to tell you what, uh, I'd give anything. I think I may, as of today, switch from my Avalon to a Highlander uh, because I don't have that luxury on my, uh, on my Avalon. So uh, to uh, your question, thank you so much, and you are a real important part of the show. Okay, let's move along. Some more texts, I'm sure. Let yeah. me give out that number real quick, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we are going to go to John in Hope Sound. Good morning, John. Hi, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, I've been an avid listener for a little bit more than a year and a half. Um, I've got an interesting question that I have never heard the subject come up, at least while I was listening. My son recently purchased a 2020 Ram truck from a dealership in your area on North Lake near I-95. He traded in a 2017 uh, Ram truck that's you know, he, he had financed also, so there was payments on that one. He just got a notice from his um, finance company from the first truck that he's overdue on the payment. Hmm. So this dealer never paid off the truck he traded in. And now he's gotten two notices that he owes two payments. Wow. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. yeah unfortunately, uh, John, it's a common problem. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for it. I, I, w I would think this is probably carelessness on... Uh, well, you're probably talking about Mapleton, uh, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, uh, and uh, they're a chain dealership. There are 24, 30 dealerships in the Napleton group, so it probably wasn't a financial issue, uh, but it can be a financial issue. Uh, you should be very careful anytime you trade a vehicle in that you are making payments on to be sure that that dealer makes the payoff. It should be calculated if you have a payoff. Uh, and, and you have a negative equity, that's got to be calculated. The payments have got to be um, uh, you know, made if they don't pay it off. And uh, if not, you can get yourselves in a lot of trouble. The problem is when the dealer goes broke and uh, then you have no one to turn to and you're stuck with it, it's a felony in Florida for a dealer to do that. Dealers can go to jail. But when you trade your car in, uh, you have to verify with that dealership that they did pay it off, 
And uh, if they didn't, in this case here, they weren't even making the payments. Some dealers will make the payments because they can't afford to pay it off, and they use that to float uh, on uh, you know, negative. They have a negative bank balance. They use that to float, Stu. Yeah, I have a question. What did they say when, when you called and, and asked them what was going on? Well, he, uh, matter of fact, uh, the check engine light on his truck came on, so we had to take it back to the dealer for that. And while he was there, he went and talked to the finance manager, and, oh, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, it'll be taken care of. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. Stu, what is the recourse? What should, yeah, it is unacceptable. What should he do next? I mean, you go to the state attorney's office? I would say the, the, the most effective person to get a car dealer's attention is the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, the, they operate on a DMV, Department of Vehicle License, and that agency can cancel a dealer by taking the license away. They can find the dealer. There's no judicial process for the Department of Motor Vehicles and a car dealer. Uh, they are at their mercy. And when a car dealer gets a letter telling them they've done something wrong to correct it, they move very quickly. So yeah. that's what I would advise. The other problem is there's been damage to his credit because in the eyes of uh, the credit bureau, uh, he hasn't been making his payments. So that negatively affected his credit. Uh, there needs to be a letter to the credit bureau from Napleton saying that it was their fault and not the uh, uh, person's fault, not your son's fault. So it's, it's, another thing, else, the worst person to speak to at the dealership about it is the finance manager who, who did his paperwork. He's a salesperson, so he's uh, he didn't care. Um, yeah. It could be in his uh, the the the, uh, the deal could be in a his, in his drawer. It could be in a in a box in the back of his. You don't you have no idea. Whatever you, you do, put it in writing. Uh, whether you talk to the finance manager, or you're not going to get Ed Napleton, and uh, you're not going to get his son for a lot of reasons. But uh, you get the general manager send a certified letter to Napleton stating the facts. That way you're on record if you have to litigate, which you don't want to unless you have to, and you can send a copy of the certified letter to the Department of Motor Vehicles. All right, thank you. So he should contact the GM of Napleton and then copy uh, the yes. DMV and then also his first, the first sure. finance company. With yeah, the e email or a letter, uh, but Rick had a point. Uh, related note here, Donovan on YouTube is saying, I traded in a car recently, and it's been about three weeks now, and the bank has still not marked it as paid off. The bank says they are way behind on processing because of COVID, and he says, I called the dealer and got a copy of the check and the tracking for it being mailed. Mm -hmm. So if the dealership shows that they did pay it, maybe the bank is the one that got behind due to COVID issues. Well, I believe John said your son uh, showed that the three, three payments had not been made. Two at least. Yeah, now it's two. It's up to two. Um, it was the first one, and now he's got the notice that the second payment's due. Ah. The first one is overdue. The second, the second one is now yeah. due. Could be COVID. So, yeah, could you know, be COVID. I don't know. But he, he did talk to the finance manager, and he didn't say, oh, yeah, we definitely paid it. Here's a copy of the check. Yeah. He was a little bit elusive. About it, so, he's, he's, he's probably not part. No, he's not part of that part, thing. He just he's tell, trust me. He's selling warranties, and he didn't care about what's going on. You got to get in touch with somebody in their office, okay. the general manager, and because uh, the, the guy he spoke to doesn't care. All right, uh, folks. Thank you very much. Listen, have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. You thank thanks, you, John. John. Thanks. Good luck. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Agent Lightning took us to 
Greco, Mazda, and Del Rey. So you want to stay tuned for that mystery shopping report. It's going to be a doozy. Now back to Stu. Did you all hear about the, the new Hyundai recall? Uh, no. Recently, there's, there's a uh, brake fluid leak in Hyundais that can cause a fire. And originally, oh. Hyundai said, um, um, the question was, can you park them in your garage or in, you know, in, indoors? And they said, yeah, no problem. They, re they recanted that. Uh, it was in the news uh, last night <laughs> that... No, do not park those vehicles in a garage in your house because you could burn your house down. So I didn't know if you had read that. No, um, mm, great information. That's a pretty scary one. Mm -hmm. now let's jump over to some text. We have uh, one from Andreas. He says, good morning, Earl. Uh, uh, what do you think about Daimler AG's chairman, Ola Kalinius, comparing Daimler's Level 3 self-driving autonomy to the grand achievement of the Apollo 11 program that took people to the moon and brought them safely back to Earth? Either Ola is downplaying the significance of that program or Daimler is so full of itself to claim a ranking as high as landing on the moon. I don't think that rocketing in a Saturn V rocket at 25,000 miles per hour to the moon is the same thing as taking your hands off the wheel in your Mercedes at 55 miles per hour while going to the shop. <laughs> well, Andre, I will agree with you that it was a stupid comment, but I, if you want to get technical about it, it could even be considered accurate. In terms of technology, We've said on this show many times that the uh, the technology that you have on your iPhone today, and here's one right here, uh, has got more computing power than the computers that put the first uh, man on the moon. So it is uh, crazy what has happened to technology in this country. But for him, certainly the significance and the historic significance of the the moonshot yeah. compared to his autonomous Mercedes, a lot of the computing for the moonshot yeah, was done on slide rules. A, a lot of a lot of uh, CEOs uh, like to put their foot in their mouth. A lot of politicians like to put their foot in. Their mouth. He's yeah. probably sorry he said that right now. He's a, he's, a, he's a salesman. He's he's pushing a product. He gets he yeah. got attention. And here we are talking about it on the radio. He chose <laughs> the wrong comparison, especially a German talking about an American accomplishment. So that's a little touchy right there. But yeah. I think okay. some of those guys are able to taste their knees. They get their foot so far in. Yes. <laughs> now, maybe uh, you could do autonomous driving if you had about uh, about 150 NASA scientists in the back seat with slide rules. <laughs> really fast. <Yeah. laughs> There's a lot of uh, sticking your foot in your mouth going on lately. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to Palm City where uh, we have John, mm -hmm. who is our favorite caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I have some very good news for new truck buyers. Mm -hmm. Ford is reviving the Ford Bronco. Oh. That's brand new out, can be ordered for 2021. A Jeep killer. That's competing with the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. And that was a successful vehicle. I don't know why it was ever discontinued. It's it's out for over 10 years now. Could be O.J. Simpson. St uh, Stu talked <laughs> yes, about that. Everybody uh, thinks it out right away. In the minute you mentioned Bronco. Then... Yeah. The most exciting yeah. news is the finest F-150 pickup truck that's ever been ordered uh, from anyone. It's uh, six power options plus a new hybrid. There's a uh, towing up to 12,000 pounds. So many options, it's unbelievable. It really? Eight cameras alone, yeah. a reverse uh, pickup, 11 different grills, 13 <laughs> different wheels. I was reading three about that. styles, <laughs> three cab sites. Styles. I mean, it's unreal, Crazy. and everybody knows that that's the number one selling uh, pickup truck in the United States. And then I have a question for Rick. Mm. If he didn't work for a competing uh, manufacturer dealer, would he would he himself actually buy and be in a 
many years a pickup would um, you know pickup truck man would he be would he buy one of those himself? Good question. Uh, no, I I wouldn't buy a Ford pickup simply for the reason that most of them are just way oversized. The Ford they they've had smaller trucks, but uh, to me the Ford F one fifty now is such a massive monster. It's like the Tundra. To me, the Tundra is just way oversized. I like my little Tacoma. Yeah. I don't know why trucks are getting so huge. Uh, uh, you notice it on the highway now. It's, uh, I think it's a matter because when you make them bigger, people buy them. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's certainly no... It used to be a joke when the pickup trucks first came out and became popular. Uh, the joke was, when you see a pickup truck on the road, uh, 99 out of 100 have nothing in the, in the cab or the... Uh, in the bed of it, yeah. In the bed. No one's carrying anything in their truck. So it's the idea of being seen. It's a macho thing. Uh, you don't see that many women driving pickup trucks. And uh, so I think they found when they make them bigger and bigger, uh, people buy them. And uh, I can't think of a practical reason to have a pickup truck that you need a ladder to climb up to the cab in. To me, it makes no sense. I mean, that, that's why I like the smaller truck that I have. I, I can carry my canoe when I want to. Yeah. I've, I've got one of those fancy three-wheel bikes that I can bicycle I put in the back and I go off to the parks. Yeah. You know, there's just there's things that I carry quite often, so I like having a pickup, but I like the smaller truck that's easy to park and easier on fuel. Also, it may be overpriced, too, this F-150. That's an important factor, yeah. too. They make a lot but of money on those, there's something that's on my mind. It's the second thing I'd like to bring up. Mm -hmm. This show is all about people that get ripped off. We're not saying that a dealer shouldn't have a fair and honest profit. He's entitled to it. If anybody totals up what a dealer spends, his insurance, his lighting bill. The other night we passed by, I think it's uh, Donald Ross Boulevard and 95. It's a Honda dealer. I can't believe how lit up it is, mm -hmm. what the lighting bill must be. And that's mostly a security issue. Well, that's a tremendous amount of money involved. And just think of some dealers. I mean, um, you know, you take a dealer like Gilbert Chevrolet that's in Okeechobee, and compare to his expense of insurance and taxes, mm -hmm. and compare it to a Chevy dealer like Schumacher, which is in West Palm Beach, and, you know, they are entitled to a fair and honest profit. Nobody is saying that the dealer shouldn't get that. We're saying on this show, it's the seniors, it's the people that don't speak English well, mm -hmm. and it's many, many people, I mean, unbelievable, that do get cheated and sure. gypped, and that's what we're specifying. Exactly. And then, you know, just take some of the dealers that have finished for good. You know, during these riots in, in New York City, they broke into a Rolls-Royce dealer, and they actually took some of those cars and destroyed them. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, a Tesla dealer broke into that they some for some reason and use car lots they're picking on automobiles and that's something that people need especially a used car and they're totally destroying them so just imagine the insurance after something happens to a dealer that does stay in in business in any area and <clears throat> he's exposed to the elements and most of them just wind up going out of business yeah you know, that's, uh, uh, nobody, nobody, uh, dealers attack me on that, and they say uh, I'm entitled to make a profit. I say, sure, but just to be sure it's an honest profit. We, we don't 
we think the more money you make honestly, uh, we applaud you. That means you're a good businessman. I, uh, if a dealer makes uh, $2 million more than uh, he did uh, the year before, I give him a round of applause as long as he did it honestly. Because in order to make more money, you have to be sell more vehicles and sell more service. And if you do it honestly, you're taking care of more people. Exactly. And the more employees, too, the more his FICA, his taxes are, and, and he does help the economy because mm-hmm. it's more people working. Sure. I mean, nobody questions when you go into a Costco or a Target at the profit that they're making, but it's a fair amount of money. I mean, that's why Costco does so well compared to the other box stores because their amount of markup is less normally than even uh, uh, Sam's Club yeah. or BJ's, any of those others. 15%. But, uh, that that's exactly it. And yet they're still entitled to shop around. If you want to buy an appliance or something, you can go to Target and you can look at it at Costco. But most of the time, Costco turns out to be, you know, the best net profit on it. Yes, they do. So I just thought I'd, I'd stick up for the dealers a little bit because people are knocking dealers and say, oh, you make too much money. They have too much expenses, especially now with the way things are going on. I mean, some of their insurance rates are out of sight. Mm-hmm. You're right, John. So, so it's a shout-out to the dealers. I don't know any dealer, you know, to, 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 but I just I feel for them sure. because they are going through tough times as far as expenses go. Yeah. Well, thank you, John. That's very well taken, and uh, we feel the same way. We have a lot of friends that are dealers, and we know, some, uh, we know a lot of honest dealers. Uh, well, not a lot, but we... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't No, not a that. lot. <laughs> but that's a good point, well, John. Everybody have a nice holiday weekend. You too. The same to you and Irene, John. Thanks for giving us a call. Uh, I think Stu has some uh, texts over there to share with us. I do. Uh, We have one from Robbie and Stuart. This is another great question. Um, I had to Google it. I don't know what the answer is. It says, good morning. Car manufacturers are contacting car owners, telling them that by the end of November 2022, their safety notifications in their vehicle will no longer be operational because of the sailor 3G networks being discontinued and going up to, I, I don't think it's going to 5G yet, but it's going up to the 4G LTE. Uh, do you know about this? Um, I had to Google it. Um, my first uh, my first thought was that um, most of the connected cars, they're pretty recent. You know, I think the first one was a 2017, 18 Camry, something like that for Toyotas, and I don't think too many manufacturers. It looks like a lot of commercial fleet vehicles used like cellular telematics. and. Um, so my, my first inclination, well, when they switch networks, it'll be a software update, but apparently it's not. And so they've extended it. They, originally, it was going to sunset, I think, this year, and it's been extended until 2022. So there's millions of vehicles on the road out there, I think primarily in commercial fleets, but uh, Robbie could text back in if I'm correct, if, if, if he has a, another source that he read, um, that vehicles will have to be swapped out for the newer, um, um, the newer technology. There's also um, AT. This is mainly a problem with Verizon. AT and T had, uh, I think, had better roaming capabilities, so you could jump onto other networks. Um, but it's a very esoteric problem. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know how it's going. How it's going to impact regular consumers, though. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting question. <laughs> um, we have a text from Steve in New Jersey. This is good morning, Earl. Uh, Rick advised a caller to check a Subaru owner's forum for non-dealer mechanics in her area. In my recent new car search, I joined several car brand groups. Members were happy to tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly about the cars I was interested in based on their own experience. 
In addition, I was able to read comments about common repair problems, cost to maintain, etc. Met some great people and got some great advice. So, yeah, yeah. I you know, uh, Rick has always advocated that, and uh, uh, we don't talk about that often enough. I, I've checked it myself, uh, not as often, but. Uh, it's, uh, it's intense. I mean, when you look at one of these owners' groups, chat, chat rooms and whatever you call them, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people my age don't do that kind of thing. But if you can get into a chat room on a car of your make, uh, there's certain, uh, and there usually there's one club or other that dominates. I mean, I yep. know we're Prius. There's a huge Prius. Prius chat. Prius chat. And you get in there and you, you I, I learned something about car owners. I find out that they are obsessed, some of them, uh, with their cars, and they know more about their car than the car dealer does, and they love to talk back and forth. You know, I would like, maybe we should tap into some of these and try to hire some of these people because they really, really get into the, the nitty-gritty. They can talk about things that the manufacturers don't want to talk about. Uh, little problems that if they were talked about too much might have to result in some kind of a recall campaign that could be very expensive. And But one thing you get with a chat room on a Subaru or a Prius or a Chevrolet, you get the unvarnished truth. And if somebody is off base, if somebody gives some bad advice, five people will jump on them and say, that's not right. So it's not, only, it's not only unvarnished truth, it's, it's, it's pure truth and it's corrected if there's something that's not right, Rick. The other advantage there is a lot of the, you when, the, when you're looking at the site, the users will have, along with their name, how many posts they've made, how many comments they've made, and when other people thank them online, yeah. it shows a number for that. Yeah. So and, if there's, and, and it's organized because if there's one topic, transmissions and 2017 Subaru Foresters, then you can go to that particular topic yep. and you'll have sometimes hundreds and they, I think they put the more pertinent and the more, uh, the, the more relevant up at the top of the list. It's not uh, dated that way. So if I have a, um, I, I've got a, a Volvo, and I want to go to Volvo, what would you do, Google Volvo chat room? I would do that or uh, just Google uh, Volvo forums, okay. user Google, forums. Volvo forums. Uh, 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 how do I fix my car? You know, Google's amazingly intuitive, so just word it the way you would. You'll probably take it right to the forums and where you get the most relevant. Great source of information. Yeah, we first discovered those about almost 20 years ago. It was the Prius chat forum that, we, that you yep. mentioned. Yeah. And it was crazy because the Prius was going wild. Everybody wanted a Prius. And uh, we discovered that, our, and this is not a commercial because this was 20 years ago, uh, people were going wild about um, the fact that we weren't marking up the Priuses. And soon we, were, we started... And, it was free advertising and pretty soon we knew we were shipping Priuses all over the country just because of this Prius chat forum and we became I think the number one Prius dealer in the United States for a period yeah, of time. Yeah, for a short period, yeah. yeah it's amazing crazy. that there is there is as many forums as there are yeah. and as many there's so many people that spend so much time on these forums and uh, it, uh, it it's a good thing. Uh, by the way, mention, Robbie texted in real quick. He said uh, it was a Toyota that he was he had read about. So it was Toyota vehicles affected by this sunset of this cellular uh, uh, t technology. So we got to look into that. I don't, don't have a good answer for you yet. Now, the forums are also a great source for finding things like uh, aftermarket add-ons to your car, things that yeah. you wouldn't expect to see, but all of a sudden just some really great toys 
and great safety features that can be added to your car yeah. that these guys find out about and they start talking about them and there's some fantastic information out there. It's almost impossible if you have a problem with whatever your make model car you drive, it's almost impossible that somebody else in the world hasn't had the same problem. Yep. And, and it's almost impossible that some of these are not on chat room. So we rarely, as a car dealer, we're, you know, we have a Toyota dealership, uh, sometimes we go to a chat room to find out things that Toyota doesn't tell us about. Yeah. Customer comes in, complains about uh, a squeak in a particular year make model Toyota, and we check with the manufacturer, Toyota, and they say, we never heard of it. Yeah. And we, we, say, we do okay. get a lot of customers who, who, who come in and say, hey, listen, this is all over line and we know about yeah. it. Toyota yeah. uh, doesn't know about yeah. it, yeah. and we're just beginning to experience it. So exactly. it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another text. Let's okay. give out the telephone number again, 877-960-9960. And while I'm thinking about it, hey, Tina, we miss you. Yeah, where you been? Give us a call. There hey, are our, our listeners, and uh, some of our callers are asking about you. So I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Uh, the, our phone number again is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. I think we're going to go to Rick. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Lewis has a great comment here. It's, Changing from 3G to 4G is a hardware change, not software. It cannot be upgraded. So once Verizon turns off 3G, any 3G device will no longer work because they are the last roaming provider for 3G. Hmm. So that's going to shut down a lot of interest. But yeah. Obviously, yeah. they'll just have to do the hardware updates if they want to keep that system operational. Yeah, I guess so. Or upgrade. Yeah, get, mm -hmm. get up to 5G. Okay, uh, let's see. Who sent this? This is Everett. Everett loves our show. Texts us all the time. So, good morning. I have a 06 Tundra, and I've noticed a very small water leak originating from under the dash on the passenger right side in, when it rains. Uh, this leak's not specific just my vehicle. I've learned of other similar Tundras with the same problem. Is there a fix for this leak? Ooh, that's something we'd have to do some research on. You'd have to Google that, and that's uh, we're just talking about chat rooms. Uh, they're pro it's probably all over the chat rooms right now. And uh, I'll just, well, Rick, you know, uh, when's the last time you had a complaint of a leak on an 06 Tundra uh, on the right-hand side? Haven't seen one myself seen personally. One. Okay, well, I mean, that tells you something right there because you see a lot of them. Yep. So uh, it isn't a widespread problem. And uh, Stu is uh, rapidly Googling this. <laughs> okay, well, while we're <laughs> researching that, let's go to Summerfield, where Ron is waiting for us. Good morning, Ron. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? We're doing well, thank you. What can we good. do for you this morning? I have a question for Rick. I have a uh, 2012 Highlander that I purchased new. And um, it has 98,000 miles on it now. It has been a flawless vehicle. I am um, getting along in age, and I'm debating whether or not to buy a new car, a new Highlander, in, in fact, just because of the, the technology that's in the new car. Um, however, you know, I just hate to spend that kind of money when I have a car that's running just fine. And I was wondering if Rick could help me out with that. The technology has increased exponentially every year. And right now the 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 newest ones coming out are literally on the verge of almost being self-drive cars i mean it's it's incredible how much new stuff are in these if you went to a dealer and just 
got in one and drove it around for a little bit and just played with some of those new toys. Uh, now, I, I call them toys, but they are safety features and let, safety let, increases. Let me, let me jump in there, Ron. Um, I think you have a compromise answer to your question. I think, I think it's almost, if I were you, I would definitely buy a later model than a 2012. But I wouldn't buy a new one. I wouldn't buy a, a, the, a 2020 or 21. I'd look for a later, like a two or three year old uh, certified Highlander. And what you want to be sure you have, there's a couple things that I would not drive a car without today. And one of them is a blindside monitor and the automatic braking. Now I can honestly say that I believe I have been saved, Nancy and I sometimes together have been saved because of the automatic braking and the blindside monitors. When you're backing out of a driveway, you're backing out of a parking place at Costco or Public, or you're pulling out on a road, you've got a high hedge on both sides, uh, these devices will save your life. And they're nothing that you have to, they're not complicated. Uh, high technology can be so challenging that you just can't figure out how to use it. Bluetooth and a lot of these other things drive people crazy with the, with the entertainment systems. But uh, take Rick's advice, come in and test drive a 2017, 18, or 19 uh, Highlander. Look for one, be sure it's a, a, you know, a, have a mechanic check it out before you buy it. You will have an amazing number of safety devices on that vehicle that you do not have on your 2012. That's important. Absolutely. I have one follow-up question for you also. I have a, uh, a 2008 Prius. You were just talking about that. And, um, again, uh, I bought that used from a neighbor who was getting a new car, and I've had it for a few years now, and it, uh, too, has been flawless. And um, it's still on the original battery. Um, is there anything, I mean, it's got 100,000 miles on it now. I'm thinking that I can go 150,000 miles before I have to look at a new battery. Is that about right? Yeah, about 150, the batteries seem to start going on those. Uh, it's, it's one of those little dirty secrets that Toyota doesn't like to mention, but because they've always said, oh no, there's no real lifespan to those batteries. But now about 130 to 150, if that were true, they why, start why, getting if, a little... If that were true, why, did, why wouldn't they put a longer warranty on them? Yeah, exactly. Well, they actually have now on the newest Priuses, the newest hybrids, they have now increased it to 10 years, 150,000 miles. Good. But it's not retroactive to cover the older cars. Mm -hmm. So, if, yeah, you would probably be looking about, by 150, it's going to be looking at a battery. Let me ask uh, Rick a question for you, Ron. Maybe, uh, okay. uh, maybe this is, is, is there a way that he could bring the car in to you or uh, any trained hybrid mechanic and have them have the battery looked at and you could see something in the battery and say, uh, Ron, looks to me like you got another 20, 50,000 miles on this, or uh, you got a problem here, and it might manifest I, itself. I wish there was. Not, okay. We have actually had cars come in, and we've looked the car over, run a health check with the computer, and everything seems to be perfect, and we sell the customer new tires or brakes, and everything seems great, and the next day the car comes back, with the hybrid battery has quit. Mm, I mean, it just, yeah. they can they can literally go, one day they're perfect, the next day they're gone. All right. Mm. Uh -huh. Well, 
I thoroughly enjoy the show. Uh, I'm a new. This is my first time calling you. I've been watching you for quite some time, but I really enjoy what you all do. I think you do a tremendous service for all of us, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Ron. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Thank you, Ron. Okay. Um, if you wish to give us a call, you can do so by calling 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I forgot earlier in the show to mention our Attorney General, Ashley Moody. Yes, she can definitely help all of us out. Uh, We do a great job with the mystery shopping reports, and um, we need a little more help. So if you were to, you know, get in touch with Ashley Moody, ask her for her help to protect us. You can give her a call at 850-414-3300. That is 850-414-3300. Attorney General Ashley Moody, please help us. Please help us to get these car dealers on track. Now back to Stu. Yeah, Stu, uh, Mark Fisher will be calling in in about uh, seven minutes. Can you find that uh, anonymous feedback? Got it right here? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay, this came in anonymously uh, yesterday around uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. It says, if you purchased a vehicle at Off Lease Only and the window sticker on the vehicle identified it as a previous accident vehicle, along with Offlease Only's website also identifying the vehicle as a previous accident vehicle, then you purchased a vehicle that was involved in a severe accident, and they emphasize that in all caps, and your vehicle sustained structural damage to the frame that may be dangerous. Have it checked out by a professional. Now you understand why the price, its value, was so cheap. It had been severely wrecked, and that's in all caps again, when Offlease Only sold it to you, and they knew it, um, and that we have initials, uh, PV. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, we think this is disingenuous, and uh, that's the reason I asked Mark Fisher to call in, because as the owner and founder of Off Lease Only, uh, they're a, they're a uh, very, very good competitor of the used car business. If you're selling used cars in South Florida or Central Florida, uh, your main competition is CarMax and Off Lease Only. And they are—they sell thousands, thousands of cars, and they're going, uh, growing and growing, and they're going to be bigger and bigger. So uh, a lot of people attack off-lease only, uh, and we wanted to give Mark Fisher a chance to defend that comment uh, because other, uh, all of his competition are probably using that comment. As a matter of fact, my dealership used to make that uh, observation before we understood. Uh, what Mark Fisher and Off Lease Only was doing, buying cars at auctions, uh, and then they sell them for less money than most other used car dealers. You could get a better deal on a lower price on a car at Off Lease Only than most other used car outfits, and they're on our recommended list. So uh, Mark will be calling in hopefully in about five minutes, and uh, we can move on now to some other. Do you think that, uh, I think we have time to uh, talk to John from West Palm Beach. Oh, sure. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, this is John from... John, um, I want to uh, comment on the gentleman that was looking at the Highlander, and I, the radio program cut off when I made the phone call, but uh, when you were talking about the current technology and the, and the, and the safety features, mm-hmm. because my cars have the uh, blind side and all that, we get a break on our insurance. I don't know if that was mes- mentioned, but we get a discount for having uh, those safety features uh, on our cars. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that, Phil? 
I'm having a hard time hearing. Yeah, uh, he gets a oh. discount. John gets a okay. discount yeah, on his insurance. I, I, um, I did the I did the last. I was aware that certain safety features. I don't know if it's how common it is across insurance companies. If it's just you know, one or the other, and if it's like uh, you know the same feature will get you discounts. But yeah, I, I did I did know something about that. Well, thanks very much. That's interesting. Um, and then also uh, one other question, because uh, I'm driving it right now. But uh, my son brought his car down, and we missed you, Earl. Mm. Uh-huh. On uh, Tuesday, uh, but we want to find out uh, when will uh, I, I'm driving the Celsius uh, now, and I was just wondering when the when you'll feature. You know where would where uh, would I look for it on the website? Oh, when you, it's when you on. Put uh, the pictures up on the uh, we have that posted. It's on our Instagram account. So if you just if you uh, search on Instagram, and I don't know if you, if you if you play around on Instagram at all. Um, it's at, no, um, my son. Yeah, at Earl Story I'm, Well, ask your son. He'll find it. He probably already saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and also on our Facebook <laughs> page. It's facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart Toyota. So we, we posted okay. some pictures and then also a video. And by the way, your son did great in the interview. Um, it's it's not, oh. a long, not a long interview, but he, he, he looked great, yeah. sounded great, and the car looked awesome. Yes. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, John. Call Thanks, again, John. please. Drive, drive carefully. Okay, let's. Uh, uh, we should have that call shortly from uh, from um, awfully lonely founder John Fisher mm-hmm. and Mark Fisher. I mean, uh, uh, let's see if we get another text in before. Oh, yeah. No, we got we got so much anonymous yeah. feedback to get through. So the first one was a caller who um, noticed that we had a we had a female caller named Grace last week, and uh, noticed that we didn't offer her um, the the fifty dollars and want to know if the promotion was still going on. Uh, I believe Grace has called m- numerous times, and I think we, she we has. yeah. If we if we recognize um, someone, uh, we should probably address it um, and say that you've called a couple of times. But uh, we have some regular callers. Grace is one of them, and uh, so she, that she wasn't the first time. But yes, we are still offering fifty dollars to the t- first two female callers every single Saturday. So. And if anyone has a question and they want to address it, they simply can do. Uh, they simply can uh, send me an email, Nancy S. at ESToyota.com. Okay. Great. We have an all caps in, uh, anonymous oh feedback. Should I yell it? Uh, yes. Will that be annoying to people listening <laughs> on the Yo radio? Yell it. Full, no. full power. I just got my insurance tracker today and I'm returning this piece of crap tomorrow. <laughs> I read and watched reviews on it and I haven't put it in my truck yet and I won't. It's nothing but a scam. It's designed for you to lose. Its program is a lose-lose situation designed for insurance companies to scam you out of your money more, and then you're already paying Mr. Big. I don't know if it's from Mr. Big or you're paying Mr. Big, but I'm, I'm feeling you right now. That was a lot of emotion. I didn't understand. What <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, device that you um, insurance companies offer, some insurance companies, uh-huh. where you can plug it into the data port of your car and oh. records uh, you oh. know, hard stops, fast accelerations, oh. other things that might indicate you're not driving it so safely. Uh-huh. And if you send those telematics to your insurance company and indicate you're a safe driver, you get reductions in your rates. Oh, okay. And yeah. not a lot. And so this... Uh, uh, this guy, uh, he's he's, he he, like he's not having it at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of those things because I have seen so many of them. They're the insurance companies give them freely to people, mm-hmm. and therefore they're not spending a lot of money to make them. And when those units fail, they can start sending bad information into the CAN communication line of the car, and actually cause the computer system in the car 
to begin acting in weird, how many, horrible how many times, ways. How many times has that happened in your experience? In the last three months, uh -huh. I've seen at least four cars come into the shop with check engine lights on for odd issues that we have traced back to them using tracker units. Okay, did you find out any wow. consistency in the tracker unit? That was used, or the insurance companies? Not really. All we, we didn't really keep track of keep, pardon the pun, track of who, what units yeah. were being used. Well, why because don't we check quite that often, out? Yeah. we don't even have the unit. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, actually had to ask the customer, do they use one of those? Yeah. And they say, oh yeah, I had plugged it and put it in my center console yeah. Yeah. when I got to you. Well, let's try to we find should. out. Let's try to find out if uh, there's one particular company. That I'm going to start that. watching for that. Because I hate yeah. to paint uh, all of them negative. I, yeah. I, I personally think it's a good idea. <clears throat> I think that, uh, uh, to me, it's a defensive thing. If I, you, know, if I, you can defend yourself yeah. in an accident. You can say, look, I wasn't speeding. I did break ahead of time. Uh, I did not swerve. And it's all corroborated. So if, if you're a terrible driver yeah. or a drunk driver, you well, don't we want have, to have one of these yeah. on your car. We have but this if you're a good driver, it's a good idea if it works. Yeah. Well, so. We have this information anyway. It's just now it's just communicating it to yeah. the insurance yeah. company. Exactly. And all that information is stored in your car's computers anyways. Yeah. Plus your dash cam will be picking we it should, up. We should be sure before we say any disparaging words about that, that app. But until then, we are going to go to Mark Fisher from Off Lease Only. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Mark. Good morning, guys. Happy Labor Day weekend. Well, Thank you. Same to you. Thanks for calling in. I were you tuned in when we read the anonymous feedback uh, that uh, was uh, attacking uh, office only because of the way they bought cars that had been in accidents. I, I didn't hear you read it, but yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was brought up to speed by your text the other day. Oh. Um, <laughs> So, so there's a lot of ways to address something like that. You know, we, we have all car dealers do disclose previous accidents. We do provide Carfax reports on every single car. Yeah. We do provide a third-party inspection report on a car that may have some structural repair to uh -huh. it. I, I mean, we go out of our way to, to try to be as transparent as possible. Let's face it, used cars do get an accident. Some minor, some some not so minor, mm -hmm. but but it's up to you know, it's up to providing the right information for the customer to make that decision. You know, the reason a customer should consider a car that's been in a previous accident in the first place is because the car is is usually thousands less than a similar car, and they, they can get themselves more car with less mileage, newer car for for less money, yet a car that they possibly couldn't have afforded otherwise. Sure. So so it gives the, the value is there. And, and just having to deal with a dealer that does provide the transparency. We also provide a five-day, 500-mile free exchange. Yeah. No questions asked, no charge. So if, if you bought the car and, and you didn't like it, just bring it back and swap it for another one. We, we're not out to, to do anything to anyone. And Mark. we all buy cars in the same place, and we all buy cars at auction, and any new car dealers are buying these same cars and not disclosing it and not giving the discount on that car. They're, yeah, Mark, they're just charging full. I just, had, I just had a thought. You talked about the exchange. A lot of times we make fun of dealers that have the exchange because when you bring a car back that you bought and you didn't like it for whatever reason, uh, they exchange it, but they mark up the price of the car uh, that you exchange it for, so they're really charging you more for the car than you'd otherwise paid. And I know you want to make the point that at off-lease only, you're one price. You put your lowest price on every car. So if you if I buy a car from you and want to bring it back and exchange it, the car I exchange it for uh, has the lowest price. You're not going to jack the price up to take advantage of me returning the car. 
that that's correct. Earl. We, we don't play games with our prices. Our prices on our on our website are the same price you'll find on our lot on the window sticker. The same price you'll find advertised on the third-party websites like Cars.com and Auto Trader. We don't play games with prices. Many many dealers now are advertising low low prices that are that are just basically fake advertising sure. for the fees that they get on on top of those low prices. If you you know we've built off lease only on selling cars on very little profit at, at very good prices. We don't have the markup. We sell a lot of volume. We've been the number one volume used car dealer in the United States for many many years because of this. Um, you know anything else that you see advertised out there these days? You really got to do your homework. You got to look for those fees and and many of these fees that these dealers are adding on are such bogus. Fees in relation to the price of the car, they're raising the price of the car 20, 25, 30%. Yeah, Mark, address this for us. Uh, uh, I know the answer and you do, but for our audience, uh, when they say a car is unsafe after it's been in an accident because it has uh, frame structural damage, uh, address that. I mean, there was a time uh, 30 years ago that could be a true statement, but with the unibody, why can a car be in an accident? and it can be repaired, and it's perfectly safe. Why, why is that today when it wasn't true a long time ago? So, so that's, that's a very good point. That there's no definition when the words such as frame damage and structural damage are thrown out there to the public. They don't define what that means. In yeah. today's modern unibody constructed vehicle, 90% yes. of that vehicle is a structural component if it's repaired or damaged. And, and, and damage as small as... Believe it or not, by auction standards, the rules are if the car has damage bigger than one-eighth of an inch dent to a structural component, that is structural damage. Now, think about an eighth of an inch dent on a car, on a, on a structural component of a car. It's not You don't throw the car in the garbage. It doesn't make the car unsafe. <laughs> of it's course repaired. Not. It's yeah. designed to be repaired. They need to update the uh, their reporting and their and their definitions. I think Mannheim, of all places, uh, should update that. But uh, Carfax and the rest of them. But you're right. Yeah, you can you can have a two or three thousand dollar damage uh, that technically they call it structural, but it's a unibody and they fix it, and the car is as good as it was when it was new. But people are afraid to buy it, and uh, you take advantage of that when you buy buy them at the auction. You buy them for thousands less, and you sell them for thousands less. That 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 is true. Earl. It's not really diff that difference in price. Not not really thousands less. And and many of these cars that have had damage, the repair dollars to cause structural damage can be as little as five hundred dollars. Sure, sure, exactly. Yeah. You know. I any many of these cars with very minor damage, and they use that word structural, and it's a scary word. And other dealers use that word, such as the dealer that was complaining about what we do. I mean, they they just use it to scare people to buy a car from them, and yeah. and, and basically puts their guard down, so the customer is not doing their homework. Any car with a bad Carfax is subject to have structural damage. You sure. have to have that car inspected. Mark, let me ask you another question about uh, Auto Trader. Uh, when you called the show two, three months ago, uh, you were lobbying, working with Auto Trader and your team to try to get Auto Trader, when they put a price on their website, to include any fees like, uh, you know, uh, dealer fee, electronic filing fee, dealer install options, and all that other nonsense. In other words, where the price that Auto Trader shows is the actual price, and you only have to add sales tax and tag to buy it. Did you have any luck with Auto Trader? 
so, so that's a good question. It's not just Auto Trader. It, it's the other third parties as well, Cars.com, CarGurus, yeah. which is a very popular site. All of these websites are not being governed as to what kind of advertising is going out there. And most customers, when they're shopping for a used car, they're shopping for the lowest price. Sure. Most people are going to do a search. What's the lowest price used car that I'm looking for in my area? Yes. And this is where there's a problem. And we, we've actually taken it on a larger level. We're working with Auto Trader behind the scenes, but we're not we're not accomplishing much. It's very hard for them to police these dealers. There is a law in the state of Florida that's not currently being enforced, and and this is turning now to the state attorney and to the DMV to do their jobs and enforce the law that's actually on the book that says cars advertised for sale must include additional fees other than sales tax and tag. And yes. that law is not being enforced, yeah. and that needs to be straightened this problem out. That's the only way that this is going to be a fair level playing field. And the consumer is the one that's getting hurt, and it goes further because these third parties have now added on to their the dealers advertising. The third party yeah. themselves, like Auto Trader and Car Gurus specifically, they're telling the customer what's a good deal, what's a bad deal, what's yeah. a great deal, but they're not telling the person if you add a $3,000 dealer fee to that price, it's no longer a great deal. Yeah, Auto, Trader, Auto Trader, they're the 800-pound gorilla. They, they, they represent virtually every car dealer in the United States, uh, maybe the world, I don't know, but anybody. I, t I tell people to go to Auto Trader, and as you say, Auto Traders ranking a particular year make model car uh, at a dealer somewhere uh, based on the lowest price. If you want to sort by price, the lowest price. But it's, they have no idea whether that's the lowest price because that dealer can have three or four thousand dollars in hidden fees that they're going to add to that price. So it's just absolutely uh, in, uh, unconscionable that Auto Trader gets away with that. It's they're so big and they they deceive so many people. But thanks for your efforts uh, to. Uh, Try to get that corrected. If we, if we can help in any way, uh, we'd be we'd be happy to. You know, with uh, Moody, our what's our attorney general's name? Ashley Moody. Ashley Ashley Moody. Somebody ought to somebody ought to go face to face on camera with her and ask her why she doesn't enforce Florida law. Ashley Moody, why don't you enforce the Florida law that says if you advertise a car at a price, it cannot have hidden fees and anything cannot be added. The only thing that could be added is sales tax and license tax. That's the law, and everybody is violating it, except for off-lease only, and uh, my dealership, and maybe a couple others, which I, I'm not familiar with. Well, <clears throat> that, that's true, Earl. And, and the amount of dealer fees is the other thing that, that I feel is a subject here as well. Even though the law says, listen, you can have a dealer fee, it can be whatever you want to charge, yeah. but as long as it's included in your advertised price. Sure. Now, with the problem that comes in here right at the moment is there's so much of this type of advertising going on. It's rampant in South Florida specifically because of lack of enforcement. And a dealer like like off-lease only, that has a small dealer fee, and we do disclose it clearly in our advertising, and we disclose it on our cars, on our window stickers. We disclose it on our paperwork. We tell people before they come to the store that we have a $399 dealer fee. That is our fee, and it covers a variety of things, and most dealerships have to do that, especially at our price level. We don't mark our cars up. We, we use that fee to cover a variety of things, such as our free car faxes such as our free third-party inspection reports of these cars. These things all cost money, and we're giving a value back for, for what we're charging. When a dealer attacks on three or $4,000 on top of their advertised price, they're not giving the customer back anything. Yeah. 
Well, Mark, thanks uh, very much. Again, you're on our recommended list. Although if you're going to buy a used car, uh, that's about the best place you can go would be off-lease only. And uh, you'll be treated honestly, and uh, you will get a good price. Uh, their prices are consistently lower than the competition. So I also I recommend to anybody, Mark, buying a used car, have that car checked out by your mechanic. Have your guy uh, check it out and be sure everything's okay. And if you do that and you buy from off-lease, you can't go wrong. And uh, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks, Earl. Have a great weekend. Great, yeah. great talking to you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mark. Great okay. call. Yeah. A lot of information. Yeah. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-877-8777. 9960 Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We do have to keep in mind, you know, it's $500 in dealer fees. He does have a private tag agency or something like that, so yeah. it's not the... It's the slightly, slightly above 500 and uh, he does disclose it. Uh, you know, uh, part of uh, part of selling a car in Florida uh, without a dealer fee or even a small dealer fee uh, is difficult. And uh, you have to empathize uh, with Mark. You have to empathize with my dealership uh, when your competition, because there's no enforcement of the law, can advertise a car freely $2,000 cheaper than the car that you advertise because they use hidden fees. Now, uh, you say, well, it's only a matter, you know, you're only a little bit pregnant, you know, you're a, uh, is a $500 fee or a $600 fee better than a $2,000 fee? Yes, it is. Uh, it's better to have a small dealer fee than a big dealer fee. The larger the dealer fee, uh, the more you can be deceived. And uh, I don't like any dealer fees. Uh, in other states, uh, they have a cap. And if you put a cap, then it really makes it good because whatever the cap is, if they capped it at $150, you'd know everybody has $150 added to the advertised price, and you would mentally make that calculation. But in Florida, you can't make the calculation because uh, Earl Stewart, my, my dealership, doesn't have a dealer fee. Uh, Off-Lease only has a five or $600 dealer fee, and uh, Greco has got a $3,000 dealer fee. Or, uh, $1,576. And every dealer in Florida can choose any amount he wants and any number of hidden fees he wants. So you could have a, a $10,000 dealer fee. So the consumer cannot make a calculation as to what the lowest price is. And that's the sin, Ashley Moody. That is the sin, Ashley Moody, that a dealer can deceive customers easily in Florida by breaking the law that you do not enforce. So... So uh, give, uh, give her a call, 850-414-3300. This is a pretty serious topic, Ashley, and you can help us with us. That's Attorney General Ashley Moody, and you can reach her at 850-414-3300. Okay, text. Yep. Uh, this is another one from Robbie and Stewart. It says, I was listening to the fellow rave about how great his Toyota was. I agree. For years, I bought BMW and Mercedes. So many. I'm on their VIP list. Uh, we bought a new 2019 Toyota, Toyota 4Runner Limited 4x4 from you, Earl. It's the best built vehicle we ever had. <laughs> bulletproof. However, why does Toyota have the most minimal manufacturer warranty compared to other manufacturers? And again, that was from Robbie up in Stewart. Yeah, I have the same question, and I think a lot of people do. It's, uh, I speculate that 
when a manufacturer has a problem car, I think about Yugo. When Yugo first came to the United States, they had the best warranty of anybody because they had to have it because nobody would touch it because it was a piece of junk. Uh, if you look at a lot of the newer vehicles that have entered the country, Hyundai is an example, they have a great warranty. When they first came here, nobody ever heard of them. The uh, Korean car was kind of a joke. There's a time when a Japanese car was kind of a joke, and the Korean car, and they were hard to sell. And so they, when you enter this market to compete with General Motors and Ford, Chrysler at that time, you had to do something. So they put a really good warranty on. And when they put it on, it's kind of hard to cut it back, so they kept it. Uh, Toyota came in, and they put a good warranty on the car for the car at the time. And the car, it's just still a good car. Subaru's got a good warranty. Uh, uh, a lot of people, it, it doesn't, I, I can't figure out why they don't extend it. I think it, well, it's probably a matter of dollars and cents. The Toyota has a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. If they made a six-year, uh, 72,000, it would cost them more money. Oh, and and they don't have to because they sure sell sales, if sales yeah. started going down, they'd yeah. start considering every option on the table. Yeah. We, we sell as a dealer, we'd love them to yeah. double the warranty. Oh, yeah. I, I wish they would, not to mention the fact that it'd be great for selling cars, great for the customer, but we make money when we fix cars under warranty. Yeah, so. we, we, when the uh, car industry collapsed in 2008, uh, 2009, uh, that, that, was, that was a big trend. A lot of them started beefing up the warranties yeah. as a sales tool. Exactly. Okay, uh, we're going to go to Palm Beach Gardens where we're going to talk to Mark. Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, team. How is everyone this morning? Good. Good. Hey, I just wanted, I got over three decades in the collision repair industry, and I wanted to open up a little bit of a discussion on when you were talking with Mark, your guest, about uh, concerns on vehicles that have been repaired with so-called structural damage and how small that uh, mm -hmm. whether it be an insurance company or the uh, auction when they say how small mm -hmm. damage can be to uh, show that it's structurally damaged well if you're talking in a front-end collision and you've got um, damage to the unibody rails or what some people call frame rails which you don't have frames anymore mm -hmm. It's all unibody construction, but if you have something slight, slightly off, even by centimeters or millimeters, um, appearance-wise, it may look okay, but it, it can affect your alignment. Um, it can, you know, pulling one way to another mm -hmm. uh, can wear, um, uh, you know, uh, what word am I looking for? It can uh, wear on uh, parts sure. in your suspension. Now, let's take, for instance, either a side impact or a rear impact. Um, some, a car can look fine by appearance, out, outside appearances. Mm -hmm. But if that unibody is off by very little amounts, um, it can affect um, water leaks into your trunk mm -hmm. area or your side door um, areas. So, you know, that, that's why the consumer needs to be worried about when they buy a car that's declared frame or unibody damage. Sure, it's a, it's it, a red uh, flag. Something can't always be, yeah, it's a red flag, and uh, the consumer can't always tell by visual, and then sometimes even by documentation when they say minimal damage, yes. that it can be much more. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Excellent so point. The Excellent can point. try to be uh, a little the, bit and, more educated. And it reminds me to remind everybody, Always take a used car to your mechanic, to your independent 
not with the dealership you're buying the used car from, your own mechanic that you can trust and have them check it out. They can check it out mechanically, structurally, put up on the lift. Has the car been in a flood? It has been in a, you say, I've, I've got a Carfax report. It was, it had structural damage. Check the car for structural damage. Be sure that the car had a quality repair and you're not going to have these problems, Mark, that you, that you so accurately pointed out. If you don't have a good repair on a car, even though it wasn't something that would be normal, properly repaired, it would not be a safety item. Improperly repaired, it is a safety item. Yeah, well, you know, a well-trained guy, like you say, that I always kind of thought after retirement I might open up a business of uh, car inspections, mm-hmm. you know, for people that are buying used cars. Great idea. But anyway, a well-trained eye can see minor flaws that could cause major problems after a year or two of ownership. Yeah. So hey, anyway, a, well, see, thanks you, for let, talking to me. Let's you and I talk about that. That's a great idea for a business. You start a, a business and you do a, a, a proper, careful inspection of a, a used car being considered to buy, and and then you and I will go into business together on this, and then we'll put a uh, warranty on it based on our inspection, that what we inspected, we will warranty for a period of time. And we'll sell the warranty uh, to, the, to the person buying the car. Great idea. Yes, that would be advantageous to the buyer. Yeah. And also buy Grandpa a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, call again. Hey, you guys have a nice weekend, okay? And nice holiday. Nice talking to you, as always. Thank, Thank you. you, Mark. Give us a call tool-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And you can also go to Earl on Cars, and you can read his latest column, Trust Your Car Dealer, But Verify. A great read. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget anonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to Stu. Okay, jump over some more anonymous feedback. Uh, Thanks, Earl. I want to buy a new Accord, but no one, I mean no one, will give me the -the out-the-door price. It's always the same thing. I walk onto a car lot, pick out an Accord, and then when a salesman swoops down on me, I ask him for the -the out-the-door price. It's always the same thing. They're too busy at the moment to provide me with the OTD price but can I get your number and email and I'll get back to you with that information. And that's always the same thing. Please come in and talk to me. I have some numbers for you. And I reply, send me those numbers and you might have a sale, but they never do. I keep moving on to other dealers, LOL. Thanks again, Earl. Dealerships are so phony. And even though it's anonymous feedback, this is from David. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, the internet is your friend and online is your friend. When you go into car dealerships, uh, they're under in control. Uh, when you're on your smartphone or your computer, you're in control. You can use an anonymous name. You can give a phony phone number. You can even have an email address that you communicate with that's not your regular email address. And uh, you just have to go to three Honda dealers, and you have to ask for a their best out-the-door price on the car. Make it clear to them that uh, if this is not an out-the-door price, uh, uh, then you will be buying it from uh, their competition. When you're anonymous and you're online, they have no control. They know they have one shot at you. They see that email and you, they hold it in their hand and they say to themselves, this guy might be buying an accord, he might not be, 
and he and if I don't give him my best price, I'm never going to hear from him again. So what the heck have I got to lose? Uh, five minutes, I'm going to give him the out the door price. And of course, you have to keep him honest when you get your three or four or five or ten prices back. You call the lowest price and you say, okay, uh, $18,212. Uh, I'm running out a check for it now. I'm going to come in. I'm going to hand it to you. And I'm going to get in my Accord. I'm going to drive it home. If they start to stutter, and then you hang up and you call the next lowest price. And finally, you'll have somebody to say, okay, you bring me a check for that amount. You can get in that Accord and drive it home. That way, you've never left the comfort of your home, your living room, and you don't have to use a lot of gas or shoe leather going around from dealership to dealership and playing games. I still don't understand that. Did you know that, um, and I don't know if I'll get the exact statistic, at some point 10 years ago, the average consumer visited 4.8 dealerships um, before they bought a car. You know it's, it's less than two now? No. It's like 1.2. And the reason for that is technology, internet. You don't need to waste your time like you, like you do. Exactly. Um, speaking of wasting time, we have an anonymous uh, commenter on one of our videos that we have um, about the waiting game um, that we have on YouTube. And it says, as an honest sales consultant, your video on the sales waiting game angers me. What happens when I'm dealing with a customer is nowhere near what is described here. Yes, I do need to take counter offers to my manager, but before that, I make sure my customers are comfortable. I'm offering drinks and snacks that I buy out of my pocket. I've never drank a cup of coffee or smoked a cigarette while playing a game with the price. This stuff may have been prevalent before, smartphones, but it would be idiotic to leave a customer purposely alone with the ability to look up misleading information. Uh, I'll define that as competing information. <laughs> uh, Generally speaking, by the time I get to show numbers, I've already spent an hour or two showing a vehicle, in many cases multiple vehicles. Uh, missed out on other customers. Why would I want to keep you there longer? I, I kind of want to jump in. I go, I I'm glad that you don't go and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee and purposely let your, your customer wait. You sound like a good salesperson. Yeah, but yeah, but, it's, but it still happens. Yeah. I know it happens because we mystery shop people all the time. We hire salespeople from other dealerships that confirm this still goes on. And I'm telling you right now, it's called the Schlitz, it's called Schlitz Playhouse acting. It's an old term in the car business. Basically, a customer comes in, gives an offer that the salesperson knows right away will not be ex expected. He goes back into the manager of the office, and they sit there and they go yada 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 yada, and they just talk about this game, and then they come back and go. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to have, have you step up a little bit more. It, it, it does go on, but, but anonymous uh, commenter, I'm glad that you Well, I'm happy that you sent the text in because you're not doing it. Maybe your whole dealership doesn't do it. And the more dealerships like yours, the more, uh, the better it gets. Mm -hmm. But it is, uh, as we say, we know statistically because we mystery shop hundreds and hundreds of dealers. In most cases, it does happen. Yeah. More than half, certainly. Yeah. Okay, um, more anonymous feedback. Let's, let's do a YouTube. Uh, sure. Uh, we, uh, yeah. Mark Ryan's asking, any opinions on General Motors and Honda jointly developing vehicles in North America? <laughs> I had to laugh at uh, being an old-timer. I think back of, uh, of the day when the Japanese cars first came in the market, uh, they like to refer to them, the General Motors, as Jap cars. And, uh, That's I really can, offensive. I can remember uh, back in the 70s, uh, the zone manager for Pontiac. I had a Pontiac dealership, and I had a I got a Mazda franchise in 1970, and we didn't have a separate Mazda dealership, so we put the Mazdas on the showroom floor of the Pontiacs. So Murph Martin, the zone manager for uh, Pontiac Motor Division, came in to visit my dealership, and I saw him on the showroom floor. He says, "What's that on my showroom floor?" His showroom floor. 
I said, oh, that's a Mazda. I just got a Mazda franchise. He says, get that damn Jap car off my showroom. And I moved it. So uh, now, uh, and of course the, the rest is history, a few years later, uh, the Mazda, the Toyota, the Honda were far better quality cars, and General Motors was uh, uh, trying to gasp for air. Rick? Back in the early 90s, Corollas had a lot of General Motors parts on them because Corolla and Geos Same were car. similar yeah. cars. Yeah. We used to open the hood on a Corolla that would have a battery. It'd come in with the battery warning lights on. You'd open the hood and just glance at the alternator. If it had an external fan, you knew it was an AC Delco General Motors alternator, and you were done. You sold them an alternator, put a Nippon Denso alternator on it, and the car was fine. No. Didn't need to test anything, just one glance, you knew, nope, it's a Delco, put a Denso on there. No. But anyway, so that's a Honda. I went the other way. Honda, <laughs> Honda uh, you know, and GM, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, it's a world economy now. All the manufacturers are partnering with all the other manufacturers. Uh, sometimes it's a good idea, sometimes not so good, but uh, there's a lot of comparison of technology, and it's good for the consumer. The greatest thing that ever happened in the car industry was the introduction of uh, Japanese cars in the United States. Yeah. It forced everybody to raise their game. Yeah. And cars, for the most part, are pretty good across the board. Exactly. Hey, folks, um, if, you, uh, if you didn't pick up the Palm Beach, Florida Weekly, you should. Um, Earl's got a great, great column in here. And uh, don't let the car dealer dictate the game plan. Don't let the car dealer dictate the game plan. So pick it up, take a read. And uh, earlier I had mentioned uh, his uh, column where you can go to Earl on Cars and you can read Trust Your Car Dealer. But verify. Be sure to verify. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You know, this was an interesting article that you handed me, Earl, on, uh, this is from the Palm Beach Post, the pandemic gives edge to uh, vehicles. Uh, and you know, I didn't realize that there are people out there that have never bought a car until the pandemic. And it's a, a, a very interesting reads. And uh, it says here, of Americans currently shopping for vehicles, more than one in five, that's 22%, had not planned on buying a vehicle. Yeah. So uh, take a look at today's Palm Beach Post. There's USA, further information. USA Today article and then reprinted in the Palm Beach Post. Yeah, I, yeah. Hadn't, I hadn't pl planned on buying half the crap I've bought during this pandemic online. <laughs> you know, what would be odd would be to go to New York and to see a lot of cars on the road because anytime I've been to New York, the only thing that I've seen on the road is Uber, Lyft, and the cabs. So the times are changing. Yeah, it must be weird up there. Okay, let's get some more text done before we get to the mystery yeah, shopping report. Got a couple uh, real quick. One is um, uh, it says, um, how, much would it, how much would I pay to replace a hybrid battery? Uh, talking about uh, actually uh, for a, a Prius battery. Um, a, a brand new one to replace it's about it's almost three thousand like about two twenty eight hundred dollars um, yep. for you can get an aftermarket one for rebuild maybe, yeah rebuild or around twelve hundred maybe fifteen hundred the new one you, you get a warranty all the parts you know three or thirty six thousand miles I think on the replacement part and then um, and you're kind of taking your chances with the rebuild okay um, hi when we see ads for employee pricing for a car 
Are we actually receiving employee pricing for the car? That's a great question. It depends on who's making, who's uh, putting the ad out. Uh, One of you, the biggest scams, actually, yeah. you have to be very careful because the dealers jumped all over that. There is, there are legitimate yeah. uh, employee pricing. If it's problems. from the manufacturer, like I think Ford did it, that was legit. Um, when a dealer does it himself, it's probably not. Yes. All right. He's probably not being fair with his employees. Dealers will charge. Actually, you, uh, the, you might not want the employee pricing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, no, no, seriously, the car dealers <laughs> charge their employees the hidden fees that they charge their customers. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to believe that, uh, I don't know what the markup is, but in addition to the markup, they add their hidden fees, yeah. and they have to pay it. Hello, Rick. This is anonymous feedback. Hello, Rick. Are you a Toyota <laughs> Master Technician? Nope. I'm he, a Toyota Master Diagnostic Technician. He's at the highest level. He is at, <laughs> at the very apex of the training. Uh, seriously, in the qualification and certification for any technician. Um, that's why we, we, you know, we, we blow him up and embarrass him every, every week and call him a computer genius and all that. But it's constant, never-ending training. And Rick's been doing this thing for uh, over a quarter of a century. So, yeah, you're at the very top of your game, man. I am. I am. Time to start sliding down the other side of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're all caught up with everything. Uh, we could probably jump in the Mystery Shop okay, report. No more YouTube we there? We're, we're good right now. Okay. Well, as I said earlier in the show, Agent Lightning, our female shopper that we've been, uh, we should have had a long time ago, but we do now, and we've got Lightning and Thunder, and this was another Lightning personal shop, uh, Mystery Shop, to uh, Gricko, Mazda, and Delray Beach. The Grico Auto Group operates five dealerships in Florida, Mazda, Ford, and Chevrolet in Delray Beach, and Ford and Chevrolet. So they have two Fords and two Chevrolet dealerships pretty close to each other, uh, Fort Lauderdale for the other Ford and Chevrolet dealerships. Uh, we have mystery shop the Delray lo Beach locations, and all of them on our do not recommend list, not recommend. Uh, they're, they're, they're old school, they're tough. Uh, we've had more fun reporting about Grico dealerships than any other because their sales tactics have been outlandish. Uh, bizarre comes to mind. Uh, this shop, you, you'll see in a minute what I'm talking about. Longtime listeners might remember the legendary Ghost Mazda of 2015. Back when they had a Mazda dealership in North Palm Beach, they sold that. Uh, Grico ran an ad on a new Mazda CX-9 that promised a ridiculously low price. Agent X uh, that was our shopper before uh, Agent Thunder, uh, legendary Agent X. Uh, uh, he, he manages a Cinnabon in Omaha right now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're sent in to investigate, only to be told that it was this, uh, this car at the ridiculously low price uh, was sold. It was just sold. Following up, we, re we revisited their website several days later, only to find the same vehicle the one that was just sold, and it's still being advertised. Ah, we say, well, maybe they just had bad time to pull the ad. Subsequent checks, however, over the following weeks, revealed the sold car still being advertised for sale at the same price. But wait, there's more. That's not the end of the story. We found the exact same car being advertised at the exact same price on the web side of Grico's sister Mazda dealership in Delroy Beach. Again, this ghost car continued to be advertised for weeks, long after they claimed it had been sold. <laughs> so it's just, it just defies. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, 
For Agent Lightning's second solo mission, that's our female shopper, we chose Grico Mazda for this week's mystery shop when we saw an ad on their website for a hail sale. Hail, you know, like ice coming out of the sky, right. ice, round ice cubes. Right. Yeah. Uh, the ad linked to a page that listed eight used vehicles for sale, five Mazdas, two Jaguars, and a Ford. All were 2020 models. It wasn't clear whether the vehicles were new or used until we clicked into the individual listings. Now, there's nothing wrong with a hail sale. Now, we don't see too many of these in Florida, but out in Tornado Alley, Texas, Oklahoma, the Great Plains, big hailstorms are pretty commonplace. When a hailstorm hits a car dealership, millions of dollars can be incurred. Repairing the damage may not be an option, so the dealer may choose to hold hold the hail sale and heavily discount the damaged cars. Now, I can speak on this a little bit from my knowledge back when I was an evil dealer. And I had hail sales. I, we had hail sales at my Pontiac dealership. But you'd shoot the cars with BB guns. Oh, no, no, no. no. Here, here's, we had, if we had hail, we, we prayed for hail. You, know, you prayed for rain? We prayed for hail. Because here's a, what happens with a real, legitimate hail sale. The hail comes down, it dents the car. Uh, usually, it isn't that, that serious. You have little dents. But a dent is a dent, and if you have to repair a new fender, it's very expensive. So it will have relatively minor damage on the horizontal surfaces of the car. You call your insurance company. I'm the dealer. I called my insurance company, and they did an appraisal, and they paid me to repair the car. Well, the, the car wasn't that bad. It just had little dimples in it from the hail. And I had tens of thousands of dollars in my pocket from my insurance company. Now I have a sale. And I have a sense of urgency. I have a reason for people to come in, and they're getting a bargain. Well, they weren't really getting a bargain because I'm selling the car for just about what I'd sold the car for without the hail, and I have the insurance money in my pocket. So that's the reason I had hail sales 40 years ago. Okay, now we're talking about the 21st century, and we're going to talk about what Grico is having a hail sale. It wasn't the way I just described it. Uh, where am I here? Okay. Uh, in fairness to Grico, the photos in the ad did reveal some hail damage uh, on the hoods and other body panels. It looked to us like these cars got clobbered by some awfully big hailstones. It looked to us like these cars, uh, uh, we speculated these vehicles may not have been Grickle vehicles that were damaged here in Florida. Rather, we hypothesized that these damaged Florida uh, vehicles were purchased with the intent of offering them in a hail sale. Now, we get to the first deception here. Now, if you have hail on your cars and you have a hail sale, that's, that's legitimate. It sounds like you got an emergency that you got to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, but when you go somewhere and say, wanted hail damaged cars and you buy them, right. and you buy them at a huge discount because they are damaged, now you have a lower cost basis and you bring them in and pretend like they're your cars and you're, you're, you're being you're being injured financially so you're giving these cars away that's that's a blatant deception and that's apparently what happened uh nancy googled hail damaged cars uh hail uh, hailstorms and the earliest one in del rey was i think 2016 so clearly there was not a hailstorm in del rey where 
and, and certainly not the kind that does this kind of damage. I mean, it's, we get them. Right. I had it at my house a few weeks ago, yeah. and it was tiny. tiny and these were a big. Uh, these weren't doubles. Yeah. These were later on in the mystery shopping report. Uh, anyway, they weren't. They were. They were purchased with the intent of having some reason to bait you, and switch you, and that's what. It, that's what it is. Uh, here's a report. I'm speaking of the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. I entered Greco's Mazda uh, showroom at 3.33 p.m. I was immediately greeted by two people, an unnamed woman and a salesperson named Justin. The woman asked if I had an appointment with anyone. I said, I didn't, but I was there for the hail sale. Uh, she left me with Justin. Justin and the woman uh, were, were wearing masks. That's good. But as I looked around, there were several employees not wearing them, and several more were wearing them over their chins. That's not good. Justin said he was supposed to leave to pick up a car, but assured me the shopping customers come first. Well, that's nice. And led me to his desk. He, asked, he left saying he'd be back in a minute. Justin returned with a tablet and offered to show me the hail cars on his screen. Of course, I said I would prefer to see the actual car. I want to know how bad the hail damage was. Uh, and, and Justin was okay with this. He left, get the keys uh, to some of the hail damaged cars. We went outside, found the hail cars. The damage was pretty extensive on all of them. The hood and the roofs were the worst. But even the side panels were riddled with dents, which makes me wonder, how does hail damage the side of a car? Strong winds. <laughs> well, Very coming, coming in at an angle. I suppose you're right, yeah. Or bounce off another car. But I mean, uh, you know, a, a big hail, uh, I don't want to get into a physics discussion here, but a, a big hailstone is, is not going to be diverted too much by wind. So, well, wait had, a second. You ever seen a tornado? Wait a second. Stu said they were clobbered. Yes. <laughs> that was my maybe, maybe hits on an angle and bounces off another car yeah. on the side of that one. I told Justin oh, I like the silver 2020 Mazda CX-5 Grand Touring. It had 1,764 miles. There was a sticker that showed the original MSRP, 31410 but there was no price displayed anywhere on the vehicle. I looked it up on my phone on Grico's website. The retail value was 34152 and there was an $8,691 discount. It's a pretty good discount, but you jacked the price up on me. That resulted in a sale price of 25461 I made a mental note of this, but I didn't say anything to Justin. Justin started the engine. We started exploring, started, uh, started exploring the vehicle. The interiors were like new. Justin asked for my driver's license, which I handed over. He scanned it with his phone, suggested I take it for a test drive. He asked me if I had settled on the CX-5 and wanted to know if I was considering any others. There was a Jeep I'd like that was listed on the websites, so I told him I would consider it. Uh, Justin told me to take the Mazda for a spin. Uh, while he found the keys to the Jeep. Came back, drove the Jeep, then I decided I wanted the Mazda. We went inside to crunch the numbers. We sat down at the desk, Justin uh, left to consult with his manager. Justin went up to a counter, lowered his mask. I love this. Lowered his mask and spoke to the manager, who was not wearing a mask. Uh, Justin returned, mask back on, holding a printed sales proposal. He asked me if I'd ever had a floor license plate. I said I had. And he went back to get another printout with a lower tag transfer fee. Now I'm going to go back up to the previous paragraph I just read. You know, people can be uh, uh, affected with COVID and be, uh, they call it asymptomatic. They can feel like a million bucks, no symptoms. 
So if you're not having everybody wear a mask and you're lowering your mask and talking to your manager who's not wearing a mask, how do you know that that manager uh, cannot transmit COVID to you? And how do you know you can't transmit COVID? The whole thing, if you're going to go into a place, a retail establishment, be sure everybody's wearing masks and they're wearing them over their nose and mouth. Uh, there's no point in wearing one over your chin. Anyway, I digress. Uh, chins but do not important. transmit COVID. Hmm? Chins do not transmit COVID. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't think. Uh, just to return mask back on, holding a printed sales proposal, he asked me if I had ever had a full, anyway, I did that. Justin went over the numbers. The sale price was the same as what I'd seen online, 25,461. But he added, uh, get ready for a long list here, folks. But he added $249 for a Zurich Shield, which is a, a worthless paint sealant. Uh, $79 for a private tag agency fee, uh, which is uh, his cost, 10 bucks, marked it up to 79, passing along to you. There's two hidden fees. $132.95 electronic tag fee. Uh, no cost there, it's the same thing as a tag agency fee, but he's charging you for it, it's a hidden fee. And here's the biggie, $999 dealer services fee, uh, which is just what it says, profit to the dealer, but they call it services. And here's one, $101.50 for dock stamps. There are no dock stamps, folks. That is a lie, a blatant lie. Not only are there no dock stamps he has to pay for, but it's a hidden fee. So you, you add those all up, $1,561.45 in bogus fees. They were added to the sale price, uh, which was $27,000. Well, after the fees, that was the actual sale price. Oh, that was yeah. that, okay. It went in 25461 Okay. And they're charging 27022 yeah. So my sale price was actually 27022 That was including them, except for the tax and tag, which were legitimate because they're government fees. I told Justin that I needed to get something to eat. I would uh, think about it. Justin said that although they were one price, uh, we could probably get another four or $500 off. Yeah, one price except... Uh, we could get another four and five hundred dollars off, uh, and he said he was on my side. That's standard procedure to side with the customer when you're not really siding with a customer. And he said he got paid the same regards for the price, and that's not true either because he gets a percent of the gross, a percent of the profit on the car. So the lower the profit, the lower the commission Justin gets. I thanked him and left. Epilogue: Agent Lightning's price was on the almost new low mileage but heavily damaged 2020 heavily damaged 2020 Mazda CX-5 Grand Touring uh, $27,000 uh, she was given about a $4,000 discount off the original MSRP it's our opinion that this is not a very good deal if this vehicle were in perfect shape undamaged 2020 model with 1700 miles he would it would be worth about 23,000 wholesale with a hail damage, condition number two under Mannheim criteria, the auction guide, uh, this vehicle is worth less than 20000 So we priced our new Mazda CX-5s on the true car, and Agent Lightning could buy a brand new one, uh, not much, that much more than the Greco was charging for the one that was uh, beat to hell. And uh, these, uh, it looked like someone beat it with a baseball bat. And Nancy and I were joking in the car that maybe they did beat it with a baseball bat. You remember they wanted to show him pictures, and they said, no, I want to see the car. So 
Justin went out and got the baseball. That's a joke. I, we, we're not even suggesting that happened. It's heavily damaged. It's funny. It looks like a, like a golf ball. Heavy yeah, big, yeah, big heavy damage. So not only was there a lot of hidden fees, and not only was the premise of the hail sale not just bait and switch, but a dishonest bait and switch, if you know what I'm saying. If you have a car that you can sell, but you try to make them buy another car to make more money, that's bait and switch. But if you have a sale based on your cars being damaged and a hail damage that were not your cars, they were somebody else's cars that you bought at a huge discount, so you suffered no loss, and then you advertised it and said, hail sale, that's a implies distress. Double dishonest bait and switch and just not nice at all. So uh, that's where we are, and uh, we've got uh, we got a lot of time left here, so we can have some boats come in, and uh, we have time also to discuss our philosophy. And I forgot to vote last week. I I shouldn't. I have to vote every week. I will vote this week, but uh, we do great on the curve, and that means that. We give uh, passing grades to dealerships that do things that we don't like and that you don't like, but we try to say, is this dealer doing things that uh, even other good de dealers in Florida would not do? Just because you charge a dealer fee, we can't take you off the recommended list because everybody virtually charges dealer fees. Uh, if you do bait and switch advertising, we can't not put you on the uh, recommended list because all dealers do bait and switch advertising. So when you grade, if you want to be with us on the curve, say to yourself, is Greco, Mazda, and Del Rey worse than most other dealers in Florida in terms of the way they conduct their business? you you got to be really, really bad to get on our do not recommend Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. And so if you're using our recommended list, folks, out there, it's still a buyer beware. Be careful. Do your homework and be very careful, even on the recommended list. On the do not recommend list, don't go within 20 miles of that dealership because you haven't got a chance. I have a feeling uh, I know where, where the direction this is going to take when we get through the grades. So. Okay. Well, Jonathan Wellington says, you had me at Greco. I didn't need to hear any more. <laughs> Their terrible <laughs> reputation precedes them. Automatic F. Okay. Uh, we got another... F for Greco, and this comes from Bob up in Maryland. <laughs> up in, and then, of course, Linda. Can anybody? What? What? what what's Linda's grade? <laughs> Linda's F. It's a huge F again. And she says, "Hail, hail, no way." And then Martha gives them an F. And that's on Facebook. So, hey, listen. I know we grade on the curve, but there ain't there ain't too many car dealerships doing hail sales. So the curve is a yeah. is a very limited data set. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them an F because. The whole concept from the beginning to the end was designed to deceive. It was like, yeah. like, like you said, it implied uh, distressed situation for the dealer. It's almost like I need your help. Hey, this is a win-win thing. You're yeah. going to get a great price, and I'm going to get rid of a damaged car. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention in the report they, um, that Justin did say for $1,500 they could wrap the car um, with any color that they want, and that would uh, a wrap is one of these vinyl uh, plastic um, applications that you, a lot of businesses use. With their, but you can do a straight color. Yeah. It's much less money than painting a car. It doesn't last that long, but you could conceal some of the damage. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, the whole thing. And then, I don't know what Greco paid for these cars, but the car, we spoke to our wholesale, um, um, an expert, very confident to say this vehicle with the damage is worth less than $20,000. So if they made, if they're going to make 
seven thousand, eight thousand dollars on profit on this car. <laughs> that's that's unconscionable. So big yeah. F from me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can hear the you know the uh, the brainstorming session in the Grico Mazda uh, management meeting, and uh, what are we going to do? We got to sell more cars. And then Charlie says, you know, I I I used to work up north, and we had a hail sale. We made a fortune. Yeah. And another guy says here, Del Rey says, we don't, we haven't had a hailstorm since 2016. And another guy says. I got an idea. We'll go find some damaged cars somewhere else, and we'll truck them in. Yeah. We'll buy them dirt cheap, and then we'll say hail sale, and people think we had a hailstorm, and we were damaged, and we can make a fortune. You, you know what I My mean? cousin Lenny's got a dealership up in Oklahoma, <laughs> and they just got hit with 40 cars damaged. One hell of a hail sale. You know what I bet? I bet you there is a... Um, there's a business for this. There, there's a wholesaler, a car wholesaler outfit that goes around and buys these things yeah. and promotes this to dealers and says, hey, listen, you got, he goes, have you ever had a hail sale? We don't get hail. Yeah, no I problem. It. I got you. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. You dishonest dealers out there, you know, anytime you see on the weather report, the weather channel, hail, you immediately go out there and you start buying these cars up and you could do a pool of cars and then you could contact all dealers. Hail sale. I have cars available for your hail sale. And, and guess what, folks? If we had more time, we would have a whole lot more entertainment for you. And no, this isn't the comedy show. I, I've got a bunch of YouTube votes here. Uh, Tim Gilliland, good deal. Hail no D. Mark Ryan F. Wayne with an F. Al Shukri with an F. Uh, Karen, hate crooks, a big fat F. Mr. Hand, F to hail with them. And Mark from St. Louis, hell no F. <laughs> Mark, who called the show earlier, um, chimed in. He said, grade D plus only because they declared the damage. Very dishonest. Apparently, I think he's been listening to the discussion. He texted again. <laughs> Never mind, F. <laughs> <laughs> and my own is F. And Earl, what's your vote? Well, I gotta, I, I'll go last, Nancy. Oh, thank you. I am going to keep them on the do not recommend list. Absolutely. By giving them... And FFFF. Yeah. Yeah, I usually have to struggle when I fail somebody, uh, but my, my is, is an F. Uh, the whole reason for the F, not the huge number of dealer fees and not anything else other than the something we've never seen before, a manufactured hail sale. I mean, for all we know, uh, dealer, you know I, if, if, when you buy a car, that goes through the auction damaged that badly. As our appraiser said, they bought that car for how much less than the... Uh, well, I don't know what they paid for it. Thousands but the wholesale thousands. value of the, what that damage is under 20 grand, uh, maybe 19, 19.5. Yeah. So, and they're gonna sell it for 27. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a huge opportunity. And people come in and you, you, it's, it's, it's deceptive because you can show them the car. Yeah. Here it is. Hail damage. They really had hail damage, yeah. and they're showing me the car, and they're disclosing it. And they didn't realize the disclosure is they bought the car, taking into account the hail damage, and they suffered no damage. And nobody mm -hmm. ever thought to so, say, "Wait, you have 300 cars in your lot, but only eight of them got hit by hail." Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't base your grade on the hundred. Wait a minute now, hundred and one dollars and fifty cents on the dock stamp no. fee. No, you didn't base it on we that. We don't care about that. <laughs> And there are no dock stamps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I told you, folks, we got um, more. <laughs> we, we got a, a Bob. Um, uh, this is just fun. We have more that came in. Um, another F. Bob gives him a, I think, like Nancy, 
Oh, he outdid you five Fs. You give him four. And then Jack says, I give them a meteorologist, cloudy with a chance of hail. <laughs> Don't buy a Mazda at Greco Mazda in Del Rey. Yeah. Okay. On the do not recommend list. Okay, what do we got here? Do you have any YouTubes or texts? I think we got a couple of minutes left, don't we? Yes. We're no, I'm leaving. Right at the moment. <laughs> okay. I, thank you. That, that gives me a chance to be able to expound on something. I, I every now and then I do a blog that, uh, that I really uh, think is a good. Uh, I do hundreds and hundreds of them, and uh, this one on take control, and you go earloncars.com, earloncars.com, take control. This is, uh, it made me feel warm and fuzzy that I'd done my job to help you. And it's simple, it's short. I cover the basics and I give you a what to do. Uh, there's, there's only, let's see what I have. I think I have six items here. I have, a, yeah, six. I have, I talk about hidden fees and, and what to do about that. I talk about pre-installed accessories hidden fees, pre-installed accessories, two of the most prevalent uh, deceptions that all car dealers are using. Uh, number three, counterfeit window stickers, phony Monroneys. I talk about those. Almost every dealer uses these. Undervaluing your trade-in, that's number four. We call it in the business, steal the trade. And that's something you have to watch. I tell you how to protect yourself there. Inflated interest rates and overpriced products sold in the finance department, the box. And I tell you there concisely what to do. And finally, advertising that grossly understates the true selling price. This is the easiest one. Every car dealer ad grossly understates the selling price because they can add the hidden fees and they can add the dealer installed accessories and other things. So if you go to Earl on Cars and say, don't let the car dealer dictate the game plan, take control, that's a late one of my latest blogs. If you read that, put it in your pocket with you and read it every now and then, you'll never be taken advantage of by another car dealer. Yeah, really, put it in your pocket. And uh, you said warm and fuzzy. Every once in a while, that's exactly how I feel whenever I r proofread the uh, misty uh, columns and uh, it, it's just amazing how much information Earl puts out there for you and uh, as I always say knowledge is power so go to Earl on Cars check out all of his columns uh, they're amazing they'll save you a lot of money and Earl has his book that is right there in front of the camera and 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Big Dog Ranch, and you can go to Amazon.com to purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, have a very safe Labor Day weekend. Please keep that mask on. We'll see you right back here next week.